Welcome to the United City Church Podcast, where we think God is much less concerned about where you've been than where you're going. We really believe this message will help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Enjoy. If you have a Bible, uh, Proverbs chapter 29 has kind of been the, the main passage of Scripture Uh, But this is what it says. It says, without revelation, people run wild. But the one who follows divine instruction will be happy. Amen? Amen. Like the, the, the without revelation. So if I don't reveal things to you, you run wild. And without divine instruction, you run all over yourself. As a matter of fact, the message says it this way. It says, People can't see what God is doing. If they can't, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now the message is a paraphrased translation. I wouldn't say it's an actual like uh, word for word document of, of the scriptures, but it gives us some insight onto what it looks like. If we can't see what God is doing, then we stumble all over ourselves. And God is doing something really, really neat in our community. And I believe that there are four things that we have talked about throughout this whole thing. And that is that we would know God, that we would find freedom, that we would discover purpose, and that we would make a difference with the way we live our lives. Who doesn't wanna make a difference with the way they live their lives, right? Like everybody I know wants to make a difference. Everybody I know wants to discover who God created them to be. Um, and, and given the context of, of our current state in humanity, what I believe more now than ever is that our world is longing for freedom. And I'm not talking about like, uh, like a revolutionary type freedom where we fight battles. I'm talking about a spiritual battle that we fight week in, week out, day in, day out, hour in, hour out. We all are fighting this spiritual battle. And I believe that we are bound. I believe that we are quote unquote, so connected, but yet so alone in our society. I believe that, that we are looking and longing for purpose. And, and what I wanna communicate to you today is that you can find that in the context of the local body that you can find freedom in your life. All you have to do is invest some relational equity into other people, into yourself, into others, into, into being part of a, of a group. You know, uh, Megan on the screen a while ago, she talked about how today after service, we'll have people in the lobby and you can start finding out how you can be a part of, of what we call city groups. And city groups are the most amazing way to find freedom. They're, they're a place where you can connect, where you can belong, where, where we're gonna be offering like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We're gonna be offering um, uh, a married couples group where we, we talk about what it looks like to be married. We're gonna be offering leadership. We're gonna be offering missions. We're gonna be offering these things for you to get connected and for you to belong to a community. Now, I know what you're thinking like, is this one of those groups where we have to sit around a circle and talk? Yes. And here's why. Because so many of us communicate but have so little to say. We, we, look, to our, we look to the internet to communicate. We look to all these things. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I love all these things. But when is the last time we actually had a relationship that mattered 
in our life? When is the last time we had somebody that we could call on in the midst of a struggle? When's the last time you had somebody who knew your deepest, darkest secrets and still was there for you? When was the last time as a church or as a person that you had somebody in your life that you could just lean on when, when times got tough? You know, in our society, we see this play out every day. Facebook becomes our journal. Twitter becomes our rant. Instagram, Instagram becomes our filter. And yet we live our lives disconnected, lonely, with nobody to connect with or turn to. And here's what I've discovered is that my preaching will never change anyone's life. And that's sad on my part. Uh, I, I would like to think that what I would have to say could actually change your life. But here's the reality. You maybe can recall three, I, actually, I bet this, I bet that you can't recall three to four messages that I've preached at our church. But you can recall three to four people who've impacted your life. Whether it be good or whether it be bad. You, you have somebody like a family member who's impacted your life. You have somebody, maybe it was a coach who impacted your life. Maybe you had a best friend who impacted your life. Maybe you had a mentor who impacted your life. And, and at the end of the day, I love having worship services. I love preaching. I love teaching. Those are good things. But the real test occurs in your day in and day out living, in your work, in your drive home from work and who you can trust and, and, and where you go to eat and the people you hang out with. Everything that we do on any given day matters when relationships are involved. Amen? And, and I, I promise today, it, it, it may be a little heavy, but, and if you're wondering like, why do we talk about relationships so much? It's because we need freedom. We need freedom in our lives. And without them, we can't live free lives. And I know you're thinking, man, I don't know. I've had some people in my life that I could be free of and be completely fine with my life. And that's true. But we're gonna talk about how you can find people in your life, in your sphere of influence that will, that will help you. Pastor Chris Hodges, he says, you will rarely have success living out your faith and exercising your spiritual freedom if it's just you and God. And here's why, because God made us in his own image as a relational, as relational beings. So it's no surprise that when change happens within us, the context of our relationships change. Like when we start to get involved and we start to plug in, the people that we used to have relationship with, sometimes it, it changes. And, and, and that's a good thing. And then sometimes it, it changes for the worse. I, I heard... Uh, Dr. John Maxwell say a while back, he said, if you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. Amen? If you wanna go far, go together. In other words, if you wanna stay enslaved, be alone. If you wanna be free, be together. Like so often we're, we're enslaved because we're doing life alone. 
We have no community. We have nobody that we can connect with. We have nobody that we can talk to. We have nobody that we can reach out to. And the Bible specifically talks about in James how we should confess our sins to one another. We, as relational beings, we have to have somebody to confess to. That is God, absolutely. We confess our sins to God, but we have to have people that we walk with, that we talk with, that, that are in our lives, that, that help us. Your, your relationships play a role in some of the most important decisions you will ever make. And I know this, and here's why. Because some of you, you've, you've been married and you look at your groomsmen and you look at your bridesmaids and you don't have a relationship with them at all. You look at the picture on your wall and you're like, oh man, that was my college roommate. But I don't really talk to them anymore. Or you're like, oh yeah, we were friends in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were in my wedding. The most important decision in your life. And you're like, I don't talk to them anymore. Relationships matter. There are about four things that I, I wanna just kind of reveal to you real quick is, is that if relationships matter, you need to focus on nurturing the relationships that are most important to you, all right? You need to focus on nurturing the relationships that are most important to you. If your relationships aren't where you want them to be, try nurturing them. I have a daughter who's eight. And uh, it took her about eight years to like me. <laughs> and some of that was because I'm just not a nurturer. Like you fall down, get up. Like you burn your hand, don't touch the stove. Like, you, you do what you're not supposed to do. I, I just, I struggle in that area. I, I, I've realized that uh, eight years of non-nurturing means I don't want to go to dad if I have an issue. I've already created daddy issues in my own house, okay? Like she's trying to figure it out and I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're tough it out. You know, just, just deal with it. And I realized something that when I started investing in that relationship, our relationship got better. I was talking to her on FaceTime this morning. She, they're out of town visiting some family in Arkansas. And I was talking to her on FaceTime this morning and, and uh, they have this thing called Kids Messenger. Um, it's through Facebook and I can see who she messages and I can determine who's her friend and all these things. And so you can FaceTime through that and you can play little games. And we were pigs and the big bad wolf was trying to come and blow our house down. And she says, dad, you wanna see what happens when the wolf gets inside? I'm like, no, like nobody wants to see what happens when the wolf gets inside. We know that that's a bad deal. And so we're doing this. If you would have walked into the middle room where we're gonna do our next class, we're doing this. And like, it makes a pig walk this way and pick up bricks and you move your head this way and it makes it, and it puts it on this conveyor belt and it goes to the next person and the, the pig puts, they, they build this wall. And we keep, we keep out the big bad wolf. And when we were done, I said, I said, Coop, thank you so much. I really enjoyed playing that game with you. She said, thanks for calling me and playing that game with me, dad. I miss you and I love you. And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna preach really well today because my daughter misses me and she loves me. It took eight years, wow. You need love, support, and accountability from Christian community. See, some of you guys, you're getting your advice from the wrong people. And some of you guys, you're going to the wrong people for your advice. And some of you guys, you're like, I just need community. Yes, you do. 
We all do. And listen, I know not everybody in Christian community has it figured out. We can be a little weird. I mean, like, I'm a pastor. Like, I, I'm always thinking about community. And like, you always know when like the, the super Christian walks into the room and you're like, that, that's me. Usually I try to be super Christian and I'm not. Um, it's just a, like a mask that I wear when I walk into the room. Like, hey, everybody, God loves you. It's gonna be such a great day. I'm gonna pray for you. Like, no, like, people don't care about that right now. They, they just wanna know that you're real. Like when you, when you get plugged into one of our city groups, one of our, one of our, one of our goals in a city group is that you're real. That you, that, you, that you talk, that you create relationship, that you have accountability. The second thing that you need to do to help relationships is, is choose to restore the broken relationships in your life. Oh man, I knew it would get real quiet because there's some of you who need to restore some broken relationships in your life. Some of you, you need to go back and, and restore and forgive. I did not say that you had to be their best friend, but I did say that you had to forgive them. Amen? It's very quiet in here today. You have to forgive. And it's, it's the best way to find freedom is to know that there are people that you can go to and you can restore those broken relationships. Actually, Romans 12 says this. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. Mm. Man, the Bible is like a, like a sword. That's a dagger thrown at everybody. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with who? Everyone. With who? Everyone. Yeah, with everyone. Now I know, I know you got to work. It's hard to live at peace with everyone. I know you have friends that are hard to live at peace with. I know that it's difficult to live at peace with people because we are humans, amen? And, and, and usually what we do is, is we wanna point out the worst in people, not the good in them. We wanna point out their flaws, their issues and their problems without looking at our own issues and our own flaws. But when the Bible says to live at peace with everyone, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't sarcasm. It was literally to live at peace with everyone. Now, some of you think like living at peace means I have to be like, let's all sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya. And let's all sit around and make, you know, marshmallows and put them on chocolate. Let's just share our deepest, darkest desires and thoughts. Like, no, no just live at peace. I like, just, just when you walk into a room, if there's somebody you may not get along with, you can still live peaceful with. There's somebody that may not have the same uh, background or thought process as you or political view as you. You could still live at peace with them. I know that that's a shocker in our society that we have different political issues and sin issues and, and bad issues. Like you can still live at peace with people. Psalm 130 says, Lord, if you kept an account, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who would stand? <laughs> Not me. If we kept an account of all of our sins, guess who would stand? None of us. But with you, there is what? Forgiveness. So that you may be revered. Like with, with God, there's, re, there's forgiveness. If, if we looked at all of our sin, guess what? None of us could stand. 
None of us could. We all have a sin nature. We all got our own issues. We all have our own problems. But the Bible calls us to live at peace with everyone. And if you kept an account of all of our sins, man, I, I hope that the clerk in heaven has like uh, an eraser sometimes with all my sins and check marks and issues and problems that I have because we all have them. The third thing that you need to do is you need to know when to walk away. Just walk away. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you need to know when to walk away. Some of you guys have relationships that you're in that you need to walk away from. I'm not saying you need to be rude. I'm not saying you need to be mean. But listen, if a relationship hinders you from God, you either need to redefine it or you need to sever it. I'll repeat it because I think it's good. If a relationship hinders you from God, you either need to redefine it or you need to sever it. I had a real quiet amen in there. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say that. Like, is that a good time? It's a great time. Amen. It's all right. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. <laughs> some of you, some of you need to sever some relationships. You, I'm not saying that they're, that they're bad people, they're just not going to help you get where you need to go with God. Amen. The one who walks with the wise becomes wise. Put some wise people in your life. You're like, what does that look like? <laughs> Get some people who will back you when you have a terrible day. Get some people who will tell you you're better than what you are now. Get some people who when life is awful that will stand with you. Here's the deal that we know about Jesus is that Jesus was a friend of sinners. He didn't agree with people. Some people didn't agree with him, but he was at peace with everyone except for the Christians. Because he aggravated them. And he said things that they didn't like. And he Hung out with people he shouldn't be hanging out with. Here's the deal. You're not Jesus. And so going places and doing things with people who aren't leading you to Jesus, guess who they're leading you to? Not towards Jesus, they're leading you away from Jesus. You, you have to have people in your life who are wise. And if you don't, guess what you'll be? A fool. You need wise people in your life. The fourth thing is that uh, you need to risk being real. When it comes to city groups, it's so awkward when you're like in a group of people you're not real sure that you know yet and you're hanging out and, and you're like, man, like, should I share right now? Listen, I'm not saying let's go into your counseling session right now, okay? But what I am saying is like, it's okay to be real. Like I got issues, we all do. Like the book of Hebrews, it says this, it says, or sorry, the book of Ephesians says this. It says, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of God's household. In other words, 
When you are part of the body, you're no longer a foreigner or a stranger, but you're a member. You become a member in God's house. You become a member who's part of the body. And, and here's what I know about members. Uh, like members got issues too. You all have that one family member that you go to family reunion and you're like, oh gosh, it's them again. Yeah, I got good amens out of that one. Yeah, I, yep, uh-huh. Cousin Eddie showed up. He's got his hat on and he's ready to roll. He's like, hey, Clark. And you're like, no, not that guy again. You show up to your, your family reunion and you've got that person. You show up to a place of work and you're like, ah, I've got that person in my life. Can I just tell you something? Take a risk. Take a risk to initiate some meaningful relationships. It's important. Take that risk. It's important to initiate meaning relationships. The enemy doesn't want you to have strong relationships, so he'll do whatever it takes to distract you from having them. So when you, uh, in the next few weeks, when you get to sign up for a city group, you don't have to choose today. You can kind of walk around and, and talk and develop relationship and figure out what it looks like. You're like, take a little bit of risk. Take a little bit of risk. No, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, I can hang out with these people, maybe. And then, you know what the, the second risk in that step is? Is not just, show, not just like saying, uh, signing your name to a paper and say, yeah, I would love to hang out with you. It's actually taking the steps to show up. <laughs> That's where it gets awkward. Like, I'm gonna walk to these people's house. I don't know them. And I hope we'll drive. If you live close proximity, I guess you could walk. But like, I'm gonna drive to these people's house. I don't know them but you're a part of a membership. You're a part of a community that says, you know what? Hey, you may not know me, but I wanna to get to know you. I wanna take risk. I want to do whatever it takes to deepen my faith. You know, when, when you wanna grow in your life, you will take risk. When it comes to finances, when it comes to uh, doing something great with your life, you'll take a risk. But when it comes to God, the reason your relationship with God is shallow and your relationship with people is shallow is because you're not risky. You're not willing to take risk. I encourage you to take a risk. There are three things that I want you to know today. They will not be on the screen and that's okay because I want you to write them down, type them in your phone. It's just super, super important. Three relational areas that will help you find freedom. Number one is this church. <laughs> oh, that was deep, yeah. <laughs> church will help you find freedom. Now I know you've probably been in an instance where you did not find freedom at church. You found condemnation. You found, I don't wanna be a part of that. You found all these things. But I'm telling you, if you will plug in, church is the place to be. It's easy and it's simple to attend. Amen? It's easy and simple to attend church. It's completely different to be committed to being a family together. It is, it's, it's so easy to show up. But it's completely different when you make a commitment to be a part of life change in your life. It takes risk. It takes not knowing the, the future. It's taking some things that, that you need to, to, to wrestle with in your life. If you don't believe me that church can fix your life, here's my challenge to you. I challenge you to show up to church for a year straight and see what God will do in your life. Yeah, I knew crickets would be in the room then. 
It's Labor Day weekend. Yes, it is. I challenge you. If you don't think church can change your life, because I know when you think something will change your life, you'll, you'll, you'll commit to it. Amen? When you think something will change your life, you'll make a commitment to it. When you date somebody, come on. Oh, this is gonna be good right here. When, I, when Amanda and I were dating, like I, it's two, three in the morning. I'm like, I got to hang out with her. Like I have got to be around my wife, okay, at all times. Like I'm calling you. We're falling asleep talking on the phone. None of you guys do that anymore because you text, okay? And like it's just the little bubbles showing up. Dot 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 dot. You're like, are they going to say anything? No, they're not because they fell asleep. All right. Like when you when you have relationship status with somebody and it's not Facebook official, you go after that person, you pursue, you think this relationship is the best thing, that it's going to change your life. You'll do anything for it. You wanna hang out, you wanna call, you wanna talk, you wanna text, you wanna do all these things. I used to show up at the bank because my wife was a, a banker. And I would show up and I would like just hang out at the bank for 30 minutes on my lunch break. Like, is this guy going to heist this place? What is he doing? I'm, like, I'm just hanging out. No worries here, ladies and gentlemen. Just a normal dude hanging out with your teller. She looks good today. And I, I, this is no lie. No lie. My, my wife had so many dudes that wanted to date her. So I would be standing to the side and dudes would walk in and they'd be like, well, you know, they were trying to be smooth. And I would chuckle and laugh um, because I'm that guy. But like the guys always wanted to date. Uh, this was before she was my wife. And I think sometimes even nowadays, she, it happens, all right? People just like, they're like, oh, who's that? I'm like, that's my wife, thank you. Um, and so I know why this happened this week. So my, my screensaver is my wife and my daughter. And somebody said, is that your wife? And I was like, do you expect me to like marry somebody ugly? Like, I'm like, well, come on, like, this is, this is a, like, what, who do you think I am? Like people are like, I, did, I just didn't expect, what did, what did you expect? <laughs> come on, man. Like, I know that I'm like five foot nine and rocking an amazing dad bod, but it's like, it worked at some point in time. I had to have something together. I challenge you. I challenge you, when you commit to something, you go all out. When you commit to a relationship, you go all out. When you commit to something that will change your life, you believe that you wanna spend all of your time with that commitment. But when you come to church and you show up once, twice, a month, a year, all of a sudden you're wondering where God's at. And it's because you were not a part of a body that could help change your life. crickets again. The second thing that I believe will help you find freedom is to get on a team. You're like, what? Yeah, we actually have teams of people at our church that serve. As a matter of fact, the book of Ecclesiastes says, it says that two are better than one. It says that you should have people in your life. And if you want to cultivate more meaningful relationships, then another area that you could get involved in is a team. Oh man, that takes commitment. Yeah, it does. You know, we have a team that meets on Sunday mornings at 7.30 that sets all this up. 
It's a great way for you to get involved. And the reason, I know some people are like, set up and tear down is just so tiring. Some of you, you've developed great relationships from set up and tear down. You have friends now. You can show up and be like, hey, what's up? And you can crack jokes and you can joke around with everybody. And you, you now have friendships because you got here at 7.30. And guess what? Those are the kind of people that you could call when you're in a struggle. Some of you, you you've joined uh, a little bit of our, like our teardown team because 7.30 seems a little bit early, but 7.30 at work doesn't, all right? So like we, we show up and, and you're like, you're part of our teardown. You're like, I'm hanging out, I'm talking. You, you develop relationships with people. Do you know that we have a, a, a city kids team? Some of you are like, we have kids? Yes, lots of them. We have people who set up city kids, who serve city kids, who, who are a part of the community that changes the lives of our kids. We call them our future world changers. And guess what they need? They need somebody who will help change their world now. Somebody who's consistent, somebody who shows up, who invests, who loves, who cares. Teams require you to work together with other individuals. And here's what they do. When working together with other individuals, looking at the same picture, the same vision, the same mindset, it produces great results. We have a time of prayer in the mornings. Maybe you're like, I, I feel like I can pray. Good, nine o'clock, show up. We pray over every seat in this room. We, we pray over our church. We pray over everything that's happening, what's going on. Teams produce results. And the third way that you can find freedom with your life is to develop your relationship with God. Now, we wanna have deeper and meaningful relationships with each other. It's important. The Bible says to confess our sins to one another so that we can be healed. But the best relationship that you need to develop and cultivate is the one with God. Now, some of you here, you, you may be new to our church. You may be new to what's going on. We just believe that everybody should know who God is. And I don't just mean like know him as like I attended church today or I attend church next week or like I'm an attender. I mean like relationally know who God is. To have a relationship. If you want a deeper or meaningful relationship that leads to freedom, start with your relationship with God. It's crucial. Without it, I'll tell you the kind of life you will live, empty, alone. You'll spend your life trying to get to the top and one day you may get there and guess what you'll still be? Devoid of a presence that will change your life. You'll spend your life trying to do all these things that can fix your life. You'll read every self-help book in the world to do it. You'll do everything you can. And yet, without developing and cultivating a relationship with God, guess what you will be? Empty. I know that's tough. But community matters. Like so many of us are bound. We don't understand real spiritual freedom 
Let me explain it to you this way. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were eventually set free from Pharaoh. And God led them by a cloud and by a fire. He was trying to lead them to this, this promised land. <laughs> On the nation of Israel, it got difficult. Life gets difficult. Jesus, like God would provide quail from heaven. They'd be able to eat. They'd be able to have all these things. And there came a point in time where life got rough and times got tough. And guess what they did? They told their leader, I would rather be a servant and a slave in Pharaoh's court than do what we're doing now. And this is why, because they never understood real freedom. And some of you today, you've spent your life trying to find freedom from things that can't give you freedom. But I will tell you not a thing, but a person who can give you freedom. And his name is Jesus. He can change your life. The Bible commands us to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, and our mind, and then to love our neighbor as ourself. In other words, we go to, for God, we go to God for forgiveness and we go to people for healing. You wanna be healed? You want your marriage to be better? You want your relationships to be healed? Get in a city group. You wanna live life to the fullest? Find some people that you can do life with. There's something about being encouraged by fellow believers. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can visit unitedcityfw.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and even share with your friends. Thanks for being with us today.